three, two, one, now. Welcome to another installment of the Cool Kids Table. Um, YouTube, well, what is it? YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, the Cool Kids Table Podcast. Twitter, the Cool Kids Pod. You can find all the episodes on the website, thecoolkidstablepodcast.com. My guest today is, I'm going to say it wrong, Annika Roof from Sydney, Australia. So this is my first out-of-country guest. Thank you, Zoom. I know you've been kind of douche lately. Zoom has been killing it with these podcast episodes. Uh, Annika is a dietitian from Sydney. She uses social media to like reach, not her clientele, but say like, the, I'll let her say in the episode because I'm kind of like, don't want to give her the wrong introduction. You know, I want to give her the proper introduction she deserves. So I'll just say a few of her accolades. She has a bachelor's in biomedical sciences and a master's in nutrition and dietetics. So uh, we're going to talk about that and just kind of see how she does it, you know, especially being from a different country, being from a a different, you know, a different norm that I'm sure most of the listeners would be um, intrigued by, like how they do things differently. You know, as many of us know, myself included, and I don't learn from it, but we have a terrible diet here in the U.S., and what she does is she works not with kids per se, but it's like about educating the children, you know, like at an early age and making like lifestyle changes, not just like short-term changes, but actually doing it at an early age so that it becomes a habit into adulthood as opposed to just, um, you know, picking it up for like a, I don't know what the word is, like, Part time, I'm not sure, like like uh, like a resolution type is in here. Annika, can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Okay. Hi. Hi, Annika. And my guest today is Annika Roof, all the way from Sydney, Australia. Thank you for joining me. Um, if you don't mind, I didn't want to butcher your intro, so I just kind of went soft on it. If you could tell the audience a little bit something about yourself. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me, Hector. Um, Something about myself. Well, um, I'm a dietitian um, by background and I've just sort of finished my PhD. Um, and then now I currently uh, work across three roles. So that involves research and teaching. Awesome. And how did you get into that? Um, into research. So um, I started my research pretty soon. Well, actually straight after I finished my master's. So I did a master's in nutrition and dietetics. Um, and as part of that, there was, a, uh, there was a semester of research you had to do. So during that, I, um, I had this amazing supervisor and I really enjoyed what I was doing. And then I, was, I had some PhD students who helped me at the time. And they were just like, you know, they were telling me about their PhD. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what it would be like to do a PhD. So um, then, you know, I, I, uh, they were like, oh, you should apply. So the applications that were sort of going around at that time. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And then, you know, I um, ended up getting in. Um, and then I was like, okay, let's do it. So, yeah. <laughs> and real quick. Shout out to social media. I actually found you on Instagram from the page Women Doing Science, which is, you know, shout out to them. And I saw yours. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is pretty cool. Like, let me see if she'd be interested in coming on. And then I saw that you're actually, you use social media to incorporate what you do. So how does that work or how does that go about? Yeah, it's really interesting how um, 
the role of social media has played in my life because um like back when I was before starting my PhD I was just like this sort of um this you know introvert person who wasn't on like I'd had social media but it was like a private account I would only you know had like my friends on it so it was nothing public and I I hated the thought of you know going public with you know have, with having my face on things or even posting my food pictures or anything like that so so um, after studying my PhD, because it was looking at how social media, you know, uh, can could potentially improve eating habits, uh, that's what it was focusing on. I I sort of thought, you know, maybe I could get it, get it, get out there, test the waters, um, and see what how young adults actually perceive social media, because we know most of the users, of, um, uh, majority of users um, on social media are young adults, particularly on Instagram, and that's the platform that I mainly use. So, um, so then I slowly mustered the courage to open my Instagram account. Um, that was back in 2017, um, and I was still quite shy. So. If, if anyone scrolls back to my old post, they'll just see that, you know, it was just me posting my food pictures and you, you and there was like no, barely any pictures of me. And I think the ones I posted was like a back shot, like back shots only or like a very like far away shot. So um, people used to be like, oh, why don't you post your face? You know, like you, I only see your back shots and that sort of thing. So it really took me a long time to kind of get out of like, you know, that, um, that shy zone I was in um, to here to now. So and I think my PhD has um, has played a bit, like big part in it because I probably wouldn't have been on social media otherwise. Really, that's that's interesting because you have quite a following. I mean, you I was looking through your page. You have pretty good content, and then like you're informing the the followers, I guess you know the public. So I guess that's how I don't know how fast you grew your following, but it's quite impressive to. Traditionally, you know, a dietitian wouldn't have many followers. You get me? So to see that, it must be like grassroots movement where people are following you for that reason, which is pretty interesting. On you know, from this side to see something like that, like cool, because you know, most of the time, people are following the the, the wrong pages, right? The, yeah, for sure. The food pages where it's like, Detox look at this. Diet yeah. like the bloggers who post about the teas that, that are going to help you lose, you know, this many ki uh, kilos or pounds in certain days. <laughs> exactly. So to, that's why I'm telling you, I was intrigued by it. And, you know, just kind of, I'd rather not, you know, give the audience a chance to look through it themselves, but just kind of uh, on a day-to-day -day level, like what what is it that you do kind of like, not to get the followers, I mean, but just in your life as far as your work or your research. Yeah, so with my Instagram, um, the, the growth that I have now, it has definitely been like um, lots of, it's been a roller coaster ride and I didn't uh, sort of have much growth at the beginning. And, and, and to be honest, like growth wasn't something that I was chasing. I think I just sort of wanted to um, uh, like, interact with people like I enjoyed meeting other dietitians when I started in 2017 that was the year I started so that year it was pretty much me meeting other dietitians um, and also doing some food photography that's the kind of other reason why I came on because I really uh, liked um, doing food photography I wasn't good I'm still not that great but for some reason I really liked doing it so I had I recently got um, an SLR at the time and I was like okay well let's just you know try it try it out post some nice pictures try and post some nice pictures so um, that was nice and then I think I my uh, photography has obviously sort of evolved over time I think I am 
a lot better now since like compared to back in like you know 2017 so three years ago so that's taken time um and i to be honest i don't really plan my content too much um probably because i don't sort of have a business yet and it's sort of mostly centered around um just you know what i'm doing day-to-day -day life so i am looking into starting a business but i'm just sort of waiting to wrap a wrap couple of things up with the projects i'm doing so maybe once i do that i will have some planned content because whenever i kind of listen to people you know especially like the podcast they're always like you gotta plan content like social media um um, content planning is so important if you want to get you know good results because you can you have to post consistently so um, I'm not so consistent I sort of just um, like do it here and there um, I, I do try to be a you know at least post at least three times a week but obviously a lot of people do you know a lot more so people who have um, I guess put in a lot more effort but for me it's still a side hustle so I don't do as much and I think more than the, the, the saying is true, quality over quantity. You know, if you're putting seven so-so posts a week, just keep it good and then they'll find it. Like, obviously, they found you. Um, in my experience, I just try to post questions more than anything. Like, even if it's, like, a post or, like, a, I, I really enjoy stories because I'll put, like, what do you think of this? And then everybody has an opinion. So they'll just, at least in my experience, they'll just hit me whatever I'll post a picture of something and it'd be thoughts and then they'll reach out to me in that way and they'll tell me are you going to talk about this on the episode I'm like, no no this is just background you know in, in the future this issue might come up and i'll have a differing opinions because i have my opinion and then me and you had this conversation where we could discuss our ideas and then maybe my idea my thoughts don't change but at least i have the the thought of somebody else's opinion in there and at least for me that's what's worked engagement with them because a lot of times you'll just see people just post and post and post and yet their picture has like five likes and you're like, what's the point of putting six pictures a week when there's no, nobody's talking to you, nobody's interacting with you. It does take some time though. I, I, now I'm doing better at it. Like I'm scheduling like, okay, I will spend 30 minutes every other day responding to messages because it'll get overwhelming, especially once you start engaging and people see that you engage with them. It's kind of bad because they want to send you more stuff. They start sending you links. What do you think about this? And it's like, oh man, you're not the only one sending. So it, it it's a good problem to have, I would say. Yeah, I love that, Hector, that, um, like what you said about engagement. And that that certainly took me a long time to learn as well because, like, when I started, like, in 2017, uh, I didn't know that you have to engage with people to kind of, you know, the level that you have to. So, so for me, you know, I would just, like, post pictures and, like, I didn't really, like, maybe I, like, I would reply back to the people who commented, but then sometimes I wouldn't really do it, you know, um, sort of in a quick manner or I wouldn't really go and sh uh, check out other people as much uh, like content as I do now so I think uh, obviously with Instagram it's it's a great platform to share your work but there's there's a give-and-take component to it so uh, that's something I didn't realize back then and I was sort of just doing my own thing and I'm just like posting you know sort of very casually um, and then I think slowly I learned that uh, you actually have to interact with with you know people who comment on your page um, and then also getting back to the DMs um, that's something I still struggle with 
because I think a lot of the times people DM me and especially when it's like an outsider who you haven't talked to, it sits in a separate kind of yeah. space. So I try and sort of check that daily now, but um, that's, yeah, DMs are definitely, that's something um, I struggle to keep up because, you know, like you said, they'll then uh, once you have a conversation, you're kind of just talking to them and then you're spending more time in there, which no one can see that you're interacting, whereas you're not posting as much content. So really hard to get the balance right. It's, it's all about balance. I, I, for right now, at least these past two weeks, I've had to schedule like, okay, I'll spend 30 minutes of this every other day because, you know, you say, oh, well, it's just one message. But then by the time you reply to the, the seventh person, the first person's replying to you and it's just like, I can't do this all day. And like you said, you want, I want to do the show. I want to schedule people to come on. And I'm glad that you didn't ignore my message because it's good to have you on. But, you know, just kind of like... I'm glad I picked up <laughs> my skills. <laughs> and, and so, like you said, balance. I, it might not work in the future for me. I might have to cut down more or engage more. But just as of right now, I'm like, I like how things are working. And people kind of realize, you know, I'm not replying every minute. And, and it's cool because you, got, you get to kind of sometimes think about the questions because if they send you something, you kind of got to reply right away because it's, if you give it 10 minutes thoughts, that means that you're not doing anything for 10 minutes or so. I mean, it's all about balance. I, I'm sure in a month I'll say, no, I got to cut it down to 10 minutes a day or whatever it may be because it, it, it's cool to have those things there, but at the same time, you still got to be productive with your own time because like you said, yeah. it's behind the scenes work. And that's why I tell people there's a lot of behind the scenes work that goes into this because that's why people listen because then sometimes I'll say their, their story or whatever, their little opinion they had, or somebody told me this and then they'll hear it and they'll message me like, Hey, that was so cool. That was me. And I'm like, yeah, that was, but then I still got to go about and do my own reading, do my own writing, do my own jogging, do my own, whatever I have to do, you know, as part of my whole 24 hours, which is the behind the scenes work doesn't get enough credit. You'll vouch for that. Cause you'll see what, as your page grows, you'll see how, to keep it intact. Yeah, it's definitely a, the, like the struggle is real. Like, you know, we only have 24 hours and we obviously want to have enough, you know, time for sleep and self-care and things like that. And, and social media can suck up so much time. Like I didn't maybe realize this in the past cause I had, well, maybe I did, but I had a really long commute to get to my uni. So, um, like I would spend most of it on my phone. So when I came back home, I didn't have to do as much. Whereas I think now, you know, you know, I'm at home all the time in quarantine and I'm just like, you know, if I sit on my phone, a whole, like, you know, it's like half an hour is gone or the whole hour is gone. And it's like, uh -oh, I haven't done any work. Yeah. I'm not being productive, even though you're, <laughs> you're essentially being productive. It doesn't feel like you're, you're sitting behind a desk on a computer. Sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm reading the same article I was reading on my phone but I'm sure it looks and it feels like I'm productive because I'm behind the laptop. Whereas it's the same article and it's easier to read here than to be squinting at my laptop, but it's just the appearance of it. Yeah, definitely. What I've sort of found helpful, I think it's similar to you, what you were saying, like was kind of blocking out time and I'm trying to do that a bit more now. So like I would um, maybe like, since I don't post every day, I, I post like about three times a week now. Um, and that's the sort of level I thought is okay because if I try and post every day, I won't have enough time to kind of interact with people. So I've told myself I'll do it three times a week. And then the other days I'll... Um, 
try and engage with with comments, with messages, um, any any sort of do some try and do some Q and A's or any other things, and focusing on stories as well because I think like you we like you were saying, um, Insta stories are where the game is at right now. People are watching stories a lot more than um, engaging in actual feed content. That's crazy, but I I, I see that. I see how many people look at my story and then I see how many likes a picture gets. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, and then I get more interactions. Like I'll post anything. I'll post something in the story and I'll get 20, 30, 40 replies. And then I'll post a post and I'll get two comments with no DMs, no nothing. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense. But that's why I started posting more and more stories. Just I'm like, okay, this will build the interaction. And, it's not a big audience, but it's a, a loyal audience. Like they'll listen to every episode. They'll listen to past episodes when I don't release. So it's kind of working for me at the mean, in the meantime, but I know as the show grows, it's going to be kind of hard to keep up with everybody because that's what makes it kind of relatable where they can tell me, they'll have this agreement with me or the guest and they'll message me saying, Hey, I don't think. And then it's kind of engaging that I'll take the time to speak with them. But then I'm like, dude, I can't do this with every single person that replies. And then I don't know, last episode, the one before this, me and my friend were talking about the haters. I don't know if you get any type of hate mail or hate messages or that type of thing, but it's kind of, and you're like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, I'm just trying to do this show. Like, I don't need this extra stuff. So that's just another topic, but I don't wish that upon yeah, anybody. Yeah, the haters. <laughs> it really, it's, for me, it happens when I post like con like anything to do with meat. For some reason, my audience doesn't, I, um, I guess, react well to meat. And I think the reason for that is I talk about like, you know, having a plant-based diet, which a lot of people mistake for being purely vegetarian. So um, that became a problem because I, I used to use the con um, like the hashtags for hashtag plant-based and then someone's like, oh, hey, why do you have a fish in there? Like I actually got someone comment, like, you know, saying something around, like, why do you have, you know, two salmon pieces there? This is, you know, it should, it's, this is not vegan or whatever. And then I think I may have replied back, but then eventually I kind of, after a couple of rounds, I ended up deleting that completely because I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't need that in my life. Let's yeah. just <laughs> and, and get, get that closure. That's my, that's one of my sayings. I don't need this in my life, man. Like, yeah. Sometimes I, you know, I, I get a DMs more than anything. Like when I post something, just it's okay to have a disagreement. But when you start attacking the person, I'm like, you don't even know me, dude. Like, what the fuck? And then sometimes I'll engage. I'm sorry, but I fucking do it. I did it like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? And then I was like, Hector, you can't be doing this because they're gonna keep doing it because we want that reaction. So lately I've been good, but a month ago I had a hiccup and I was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And just kind of went off on this person. I was like, you know what? That's not a good look. I shouldn't be doing this. So I just kind of, I try to compose myself, but then I'm like, I, I should read these when I'm in a good state of mind. Cause you know, you're having a bad day. You read that shit and you're like, mm -mm. it just, yeah. And you not just today. have this hard, yeah. Like you have this urge to reply back because you know that what you're saying, doing is not wrong. So you just want to be like, you know, run a right back to them. Um, but yeah, I think the key is to know when to stop. I think they do probably, I mean, some people might delete them straight away, but I think for me, I like to put a reply to it first. Um, and then wait, obviously wait for a little bit, let the person maybe see it. And then if it continues to go on and then I'll just delete it. So That's yeah, but I do have that urge. To yeah. <laughs> Try to control it because the, I'm not scared of it, but just the repercussions, they're going to screenshot you and try to make you look bad. That's what I say to myself, like, dude, they're just trying to catch you in that moment. 
so they could screenshot and share, look at this guy, look what he said to me, but not knowing what they sent to you, you know, because they'll go back and delete their message. And then you look like you're just fucking cussing them out for no reason. So I was like, don't fall for that trap. So I'm kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do try and keep it. I don't I don't say anything offensive. Like, I'll just reply back politely. And after I've had my rage inside, like, I'll, I'll just say something. You're a better yeah. person than me because I'll snap too because they come at me wrong. And I'm like, dude, it's because you find your fucking phone screen. You know, you wouldn't say that to a person in real life. So why would you say it to me? I know. I think that's the, that's the issue with social media. Like, there's all these hate comments going on for, you know, pretty much no matter what sort of content you post. Uh, and I think it's, it's just, I think people are re- meaner on social media. Like you wouldn't say those things to, you know, someone face to face. Why say it? Why type it? It's, it's crazy. Like it really is. But I mean, enough on that. Let's not make it a negative episode. I want to drag yeah. you into my mud. So. Let's stick to the positives. I, yeah. I think we have, we, there was, so, you know, the majority, like I would say 99% of the people I, or even more actually, I've had like um, interactions I've had are positive. So yeah. Same, but it's that 1%, that 0.01% that sticks out, the one that you not stay up at night, but you just think about like, and one thing I've been trying to keep in mind is like, you're not going to make everybody happy. Like everybody that listens to you, they might not like you for whatever reason. They're not going to like me. And that's just deal with it. You know, kind of like, you're not going to please everybody, but please the people that are constantly listening to this, keep them happy. I'm like, so control what I can, but it's just, there is those days, you know, you have a bad day, you come on and you're like, I'm a, I'm a track with the people today. And then boom, <laughs> staring at you in the face. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, whoa, <laughs> who am I for, to take that? You know? So, but let's get back on track. And I don't want to come in and be like, Hey, you know, what should I do? One of the reasons that I, which I reached out to you was because I have a four-year-old daughter. And I'm trying to teach her, you know, not like no sugary drinks, you know, when you snack, you snack vegetables and uh, fruit, especially, you know, she loves fruit. So like when we make dinner, there's always a, a nice green, you know, either a salad or some broccoli, trying to incorporate these things so that she starts making these habits without really knowing that she's eating healthy. Just, of course, you know, we'll, we'll have the fried chicken here and there. We'll have the, we're Mexican. So we eat tortillas like crazy. So just kind of like, it doesn't have to completely change your life, but at least teaching her early on better to be better prepared for the future, you know, for her life than mm-hmm. I was for mine, if that makes sense. So how would you, how are you as your, not your profession, but how would you say like, what are the things we could teach our children or adolescents or the young people listening? How do you be, how, how do you start that change and how would you do it? Yeah, that's a really good um, question, and I and I love that you're you're working, you know, um, to kind of you know develop um, good habits because you know like a lot of the research shows that you know it's good to develop habits young because you know that's you that way you can carry them throughout the rest of like your adulthood and so forth, um, and that's one of the reasons I loved kind of having my research area being in young adults because you know whatever they have, um, hopefully if they pick up some good habits they can carry that throughout um their life um i think the important thing to teach your teach children or teach um i guess toddlers or when they're really young is to kind of not have foods you know not have the concept of good foods versus bad foods i think that can really kind of create um 
I guess, real sort of negative um, connotations to, to, I guess, certain foods. So, it, you know, they shouldn't really, you know, like saying that, you know, chocolate is, you know, bad for you, then rather than saying that, you could just say something like, you know, chocolate is something that you should be having sometimes. So just having that, you know, I guess, uh, foods that you you should have on like all the time or most of the time and then foods that you should have sometimes um like i know a lot of the people especially like um adults nowadays you, you may actually know this there's a pattern like there's this talk on social media that um it's called clean eating i'm sure you've heard it yeah so so you know a lot of the people will be like you know like i i'm eating clean you know and that means you know eating blah 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 maybe like no chocolate or um that sort of thing but like i guess what we need to question is that can can, there, can that person really go without chocolate for seven you know, seven days or whatever, how many days they want to go without. Um, and is that really necessary? I think it's just having that concept of, you know, clean eating versus I'm not, not real, no such thing as dirty eating, but I'm just saying, you know, clean versus dirty. There's no, they shouldn't be such, you know, black and white. I think we should be able to sort of incorporate foods that, you know, um, we love like, you know, things like chocolate cake, um, every day, like in, 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 uh, or like whenever we want to in a small quantities rather than being like, you know what, I, that's, that's bad for me. I'm not having that. And, um, and then going, you know, going without that food for many days, trying to, and then you end up craving it so much. And then one day you just open the pantry and you'll or the fridge and you're just like, you know what? I give up going for it. So I think, I think, I think food restrictions can really be um, something that, um, that can really have a negative sort of um, impact on, on people's um, health. And also like, I guess, um, like also on their mental health as well, because you just, you just, it's not, it doesn't feel good to restrict. You just, uh, it can set up a really sort of bad, um, I guess, like, like um, eating sort of, um, so not, I wouldn't say a really disorder, but more sort of like, um, I guess, um, this, so, um, what's, just trying to think of the right word, just, I guess, um, disordered eating like it sets up disordered eating and um that which can lead to eating disorders in the long on long run but yeah what what i read not too long ago was just changing the mindset of like i can't have chocolate or chocolate cake or a chocolate bar to i shouldn't it makes a world of difference because like it's there you can have it if you want but should i and then that's what i've been kind of trying to do with Terrell. she'll I don't know if you guys have hot Cheetos in Australia, but she loves hot Cheetos. And it's just like, so I'll try to, if I buy a bag for her, which is rare, like I'll separate it like into three smaller portions. She'll be like, oh, I, I can eat the whole thing. I'm like, I know you can, but should you? She's like, mm. and even though she's four going on five, she's very kind of already like, what should I eat? I'm like, well, I'd rather you eat an apple. And then if you're still hungry, you can have some chips. She'll be like, okay, let's eat an apple and let's see. So me and her will not share one, but have our own. And then she'll grab the Cheetos and then she'll be like, I'm full. And I'm like, see, if you would have ate this first, you would have had the apple. And I'm just trying to just giving her the option. Like you can have it, but should you? Because, you know, granted, you know, the day she goes to middle school, you could buy the chips, you could buy the soda at any vending machine. And I know at that age, I wasn't making the right decisions. I would skip lunch and have a bag or two of these chips that I'm trying not to get her to eat and have a soda for as my lunch, you know? So that's what I'm trying to avoid. Just be like, you sh she should make better decisions 
going forward, not to, cause I made the wrong decision, but just kind of like, I didn't know better, but now I do. So she should have that same information to her. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love what you like the sort of um, messages you've been passing on to her. And I think that's a great, what you, what you're saying is, is a great way to kind of get children to think about if, if that's something they really want. Cause I think sometimes or most, maybe a lot, a lot of the times kids are like, if you tell them not to do something, if you tell them not, not to have something, then they'll be like, you know, that is, that's exactly what I want. Um, whereas, you know, adults. Yeah. <laughs> look, at the, look at the quarantine, look at the quarantine. They don't want to stay inside. Yeah. They want to go out. It's like, um, yeah, that's, so, yeah, I think for for most people, really, that's the case. So I think it's it's good to, uh, good to sort of get them to think about if that's something they want or at the time or, you know, just say, I think sometimes even telling people that, you know, yes, they can have it, but maybe just give it a couple of, you know, minutes or if, um, if they're re- like, if, if, if that's, um, if they're really hungry, is, is it really going to be satisfying their hunger? For example, you know, like you said, um, you know, having an apple first is going to make them fuller and then, you know, they might have lesser um, um, of the Cheetos. Whereas I think if, they, if they're really hungry and they start, you know, only eat the Cheetos, they might end up eating a lot more. So I think it's also important to... Um, question like I guess the reason they want to eat um, and I think for adults this is probably not a case and I think um, a lot of times we, we tend to eat because we we just bored you know like especially I think nowadays at home in quarantine I'm, I get a lot of messages from people like I've been overeating um, and you know it's just because I'm at home or whatever so I think it, it happens to people um, at work sometimes or you know when they're home they're just bored they just want to eat so I think it's also important to question why 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 is it that they're eating is it because they're truly hungry or is it is it just because they're I guess um hungry I guess at a kind of emotional level or just feel like uh, sometimes it's stress eating as well so I think it's really important to question question why they're picking picking the food um and I think that kind of helps them to take a step back sometimes and be like okay maybe I don't need that now because I'm actually full okay great answer and so this is just from my point of view right and then I read something that's actually I don't know that I didn't verify I don't know if it's true or not but I read this online I I, I love ice cream personally that's like my kryptonite me too I love ice cream especially and in summer yes year round but especially in summer and that's something that I see that my daughter loves too like she'd be like before the pandemic can we go for ice cream and I was never one of those people to just drive for ice cream. I'd always have ice cream at home type of thing. Not eat it all in one day, but just have it there so it's always ready. One of my quotes is, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. So with ice cream, it was always ready. And my daughter, same thing, you know, she'd be like, can we go, can we go with some ice cream? And we just have a little ice cream date, you know, a scoop, scoop, and just have a great talk and have our ice cream. And then it became where I was like, we're almost getting ice cream too much. I'm, I'm starting the bad habit with her. So I started doing it as a reward. Like, hey, you continue to do good. She was already in preschool. If you continue to do good, Friday after class, after I get off work, we'll go for ice cream. So it became like a reward. But then people started telling me and reading online that the reward system for food is terrible. I don't know how you feel about it. That's what I kind of want to ask. Because don't quote me on this. But then they trigger it like as a, when I do something good, I should get something good. And so that example being school was good, so she gets ice cream. In other areas, she'll be like, wow, 
I don't know, insert, let's say she's playing a sport when she's a little older. I should get a reward for this, not just mentally, like as far as, like I deserve something every time, but as a, I need something to verify that I did it good because you rewarded me, rewarded me with ice cream. So now they're gonna look for that in, in different types of food. Like, oh, every time, you know, I, I hit a home run or I scored a goal, we got in and out or we had ribs or whatever maybe. So from what I was reading was like, don't do this because you're gonna shoot them down the wrong way. And I was just kind of like, oh, damn, unknowingly. So I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. But is that something that's real or is that just kind of like internet uh, lore? Such a great point you've raised, Hector. And to be honest, I don't actually know the right answer. I mean, um, I, I have I do I have read like similar comp things to you about you know setting up doing food rewards and things um, not being that beneficial. Um, but I think there's also some good um, like pros to it as well. So I, I don't know. I think where I it's I how I see it is that it's okay to have some rewards related to food because you know like I think. Um, as kids, well, sometimes even adults, I think we, you know, I, we kind of work on a reward system. So sometimes, you know, even like I'll set up rewards for myself and be like, okay, you know, I want to get this done and I'm going to go for a walk. Um, and I'm going to take that break for myself for half an hour or whatever. Um, so I think rewards are good because it encourages you. So I don't think rewards should be, um, you know, not that kind of be eliminated completely, but I think it's important to sort of mix it up. So mixing up food rewards versus non-food rewards. And I think I think some non-food rewards could be like you know going to watch a movie going to play a game that you, you both love whether it's a board game or you know game outdoors um or something like doing um something that you enjoy together like painting maybe going shopping for you know clothes or something so i think it's important to sort of mix it up and not have food all the time um and i think even if, even if you when you do have food maybe you could sort of mix it up um, between you know foods like ice cream that you both love but also something um else like uh, that you might like for example you know making make doing some cooking together um something else maybe like a savory dish that you both um like the family enjoys doing some cooking or even putting a platter together um trying to think of like other other sort of foods <clears throat> that could be, I guess, um, you know, like having sort of healthy food, healthier foods and also those treats as well. So that way, you know, rewards aren't just about foods, like they're not just about chocolate, they're not just about ice cream, they're about a lot of other things, um, including, you know, um, the good stuff, like the foods that are, I guess, good for you versus, you know, the ones we enjoy and also other things, other activities as well. Thank you for that. That's very helpful. And this isn't like a Q&A, but I, I was really intrigued by that. I was like, okay, I, she said yes, so I got to have something ready just so I don't know how what the proper thing is. Like, I want to showcase your skills kind of thing. Like, And then that way that's also informing me and the audience as well. I'm sure they're going to be like, oh, good, good. Because, you know, as parents, we worry. We worry about our kids. We want to teach them the right things. And I know I'm making mistakes. I'm doing my best, but I'm sure I'm. there's some bad habits that, I have that she'll probably pick up on. So I, that's enough on its own. So why add to her future struggles when I could start teaching her at this age, like, hey, look, yeah, we have in and out but we don't have this every day. Yeah, we might, I don't know, 
have ice cream every other Friday, but it's not like you don't reward. I don't know. Like I'm the parenting aspect of it is what I'm trying to, I'm sure many people listening will be like, this is good information to have, but where, where do we go as a society with uh, so much information, so much, like you said, the clean eating, then there's a new fad diet. I fell for it. Or I mean, it was working for me at least in my, I was doing keto to start off this year. Oh, yes, I, keto, yeah. And I was loving it. People were like, you're really doing that? Like, people were like, I'm Mexican, right? So they're like, those aren't tacos because I was using cheese shell. And I do, they're so good. And then the tortillas are like 150 calories each and they come double tortillas. So I'm like, I have four of these. That's, that's 12. Uh, wait, wait, let me do my math right there. Yeah, 300 times four. four yeah, they're 1,200 calories in just a tortilla. And with cheese, it's like very, very small compared to that. And everybody's like, well, no, it's just a trend. And I'm always very skeptical as well. So I'm like, let me just try this for a few weeks and let me see how it goes. That with a, a balanced diet, but keto style and running maybe three times a week, I lost like 10 pounds right away. And I was like, I can't say it works for everybody, but it's doing great for me. And other people like, I tried it and I, I gained weight. And I'm like, well, I don't know. So what can we do as a, not as a society, but then as individuals there's so much information i remember growing up hearing about slim fast in the atkins diet and then omad diet is one of the new ones you know eating one time a day i did that for a few days and it was with the keto one big keto meal a day i lost like another four pounds in a week so i was like this is working and then the pandemic hit now like, oh no <laughs> i don't know if it's working because i i've stopped all of that i'm still running but just recently i started so how do we put it plainly there's so much bullshit out there how do we know what's real and what's not yeah there is so there's so much noise out there it's it's crazy and i think it people like if i think about people you know back in before we had technology like this social media or the internet as much i think people kind of had information um had limited information which i guess was kind of somewhat good in a way because they they didn't have to sort of I guess they there wasn't so, so much conflicting evidence um whereas now you know someone someone on Instagram might be telling you that oh this detox tea is really good for you if um it, you know for 14 in 14 days you're going to lose this much whereas you know if you're following a dietitian or someone they might be talking about um someone else might be talking about um, how, you know, those fad diets or detox teas don't work. So there's so much, I guess, um, conflicting sort of message. And it's, I think that's really hard for people to kind of, I guess, know. So I think it, the people, I guess, they really need to know um, what's, I guess, to follow the right people or to go and if, if they are reading on the internet, that's a great place to read. Uh, obviously following, reading some of the... Um, ones um sources that are more credible um not from a blogger something that's you know written by someone at a uh, like an um i guess by um by the government like sort of like the organization ones or something that's like a really sort of um i guess normal people don't really read journal papers as much but more sort of i guess the dietary guidelines that have been written for general population or updates and things like that so i think that's that's probably the thing I would 
say in terms of, I guess, if they're going to look for messages on their own. Um, and I think it's it's also a good idea to follow if there are, if someone is on social media, it's a good idea to be getting some updates. Like I even like myself, I as a dietitian get a lot of the updates from um social media because you know i work in a very kind of small small kind of uh, relatively small field so um i can't be keeping up with what's going you know there's a lot of research in gut health for example you know i'm not across all of that because i don't work in i don't work in that space so um so i think it's important to kind of i guess uh, stay in touch if, if they if you really want to so know follow people who you think are credible and it's pretty easy to tell i mean if you're on front on instagram if you if you follow them usually it's the ones that have i guess uh, like you said at the beginning i guess a, a kind of uh lower amount of lower follow amount of followers or people that will kind of st uh, state their credible uh credible sort of information like they will say like a dietitian or in in your case i think in america that you guys call it registered dietitian so it usually says rd um so in australia we call you just call it dietitian or accredited practicing dietitian or nutritionist so the for people who you think you know will be credible and won't be telling you sort of messages that are misleading or um, or they're saying it because they're getting paid for it because I think that's what a lot of the Use bloggers do. Like the ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the ones that are really big, they do it as part of a paid sponsorship with the with the company. Use my promo code to receive twenty percent off your Herbalife, <laughs> yeah. and like, okay, do you believe in it or are you just trying to make that commission? But no, man, I, I'm, I'm trying to process all this information, you know, because I'm like, I don't, I don't have it. I had a few kind of questions ready, but I'm like, where else can I go with this? Because you, you've answered this so eloquently and so dead on that I'm just kind of like, not only am I impressed, but I'm also trying to process information in real time, right? Like, how do I follow this up? Because I, I, I feel like just picking your brain and being like, what can we do as, as like, my listeners are between 25 and 35, like 80% of them are in that age range. So I'm like, I, when I say me, I'm not being selfish, but just somebody like in my position, when we work 40, 50 hours a week, when you have time to cook, it's not that long, you know? And then, so what I've been considering moving forward, you know, once uh, post Corona is meal prepping. Cause I just feel oh, like yeah. that'll be easier on time and then money and just something that I'm in control of what goes into my body, as opposed to like, it's late. I need to stop by a drive through and just, eat something yeah meal prep is a big one i think and i that's something i get quest questions a lot um about and our uh, people i think were always sort of asking for meal prep tips or like sort of you know inspo that they would like to follow so i think i definitely want to um go down that um space because i think like i post a lot more meal prep content because I, as i told you before like i don't actually plan it so much it's just when i'm when i'm cooking something and you know there's nice lighting it's it's during the day i'm like oh i'll take a picture um so um i don't really kind of plan it and be like okay you know what i'm going to um post this to my for my audience because that's what they um that's what they've asked for but i'm trying to sort of take into take that into account so i do ask sometimes nowadays like what is it that you want to see and that's meal prep is definitely kind of higher up on the list so um i would definitely encourage meal prep 
well, young adults, because um, like when I sort of did my research um, and we did focus groups and that, that was really insightful because we got to sort of chat with young adults and they're like, nope, we don't have time to cook, you know, we're just sort of on the go 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 lifestyle. And um, a lot of the times they, um, I think for, maybe this is for young adults that are in their twenties, like they live in shared accommodations um, and that's, you know, you're living with your friend or uh, like you don't really, you have limited access to kitchen. So they end up getting takeout or I think these days it's Uber Eats. So um, it's really hard to sort of, I guess, plan their, plan their kind of, I guess, meal. So I think doing meal prep on a Sunday um, really sort of can set up um, good habits because then you don't have to think about uh, what you you know what you want to eat like sort of like oh you don't sort of have to think that oh i have to order uber eats because you've got food in your fridge so i think that can really help um meal prep is something that i've always done um but i think nowadays with quarantine because i'm home all the time i'm i'm cooking a lot more like i just cook at home i don't do i don't do the usual meal prep i used to do but meal prep is something that i've always found to be beneficial okay staying on the subject but not going too away from it what are your like tips simple habits that we could start like tips or recommendations for things like um you know the general but just something that you believe like you know stay away from sugary drinks the drink of water and all that but anything in your personal life that you see that kind of works for people that works for yourself or the people that you come in contact with yeah, there's probably a few. I'll start with the meal prep one. So I think with meal prep, sometimes I do it both ways, but one way is to kind of do actual dishes. So, you know, you cook, cook up dishes, like for example, you know, cooking up pasta, um, couscous, or like have dishes ready to go. So that's one way. Um, and the other way to sort of do it is to kind of have it, have sort of components ready. So for example, you know, you might have, uh, you might sort of bake some pumpkin, um, have some, um, bake some sweet potatoes, um, maybe roast the chicken, um, roast some salmon, have some boiled eggs ready. So you sort of have different um, components ready. And then that way, you just because uh, you don't get bored because I think a lot of the times people um, you know tell tell me or uh, just think that meal prep is, is boring because you have to eat the same thing every every week like every day um, and that that's certainly not the case so I think some for people who um, who like variety um, they might benefit from eating you know having uh, having the components prepared in their fridge so one day they can have you know sweet potato tuna um and i guess some salad on the side whereas the other day they can have some roast chicken and then pumpkin um so that way you know they don't kind of have to have that same combination and get bored anything else yeah that's that's one meal prep and i'm sort of thinking about other ones um I think with quarantine, this is kind of going to be a quarantine specific one, um, but it, uh, it's something that I've been asked about. So this just sort of comes to mind. Um, a lot of the people I think are kind of snacking or kind of eating throughout the day because they're just at home. So they've kind of lost that structure with eating. So I think it's important to maintain that. Um, even when you're working from home, so having that, you know, having the breakfast that you would normally have, having the snacks at a certain time, um, those things I think can really help because I think if you're sort of grazing around, uh, grazing the whole day, um, you're not satis fully satisfied at one any one point, and you just sort of, sort of want to kind of keep on eating. So I think that's that's another tip. 
like a quarantine one. Um, the other one would be sort of, again, work related, not to sort of try and bring food, keep your food and work separate as much as you can. Because I think sometimes when you're eating at your desk, you can get, um, you can sort of turn into kind of eating in a kind of mindless eating mode almost, whereas you just like sort of have, you know, you're eating something like a bag of almonds or uh, whatever it might be, or chips, and you're just sort of snacking without kind of having, um, as much putting as much thought into what what you're actually eating so that can sort of and you know lead to kind of eating without i guess um any sort of i guess um um meaning almost because you're just eating because you're purely bored so i think it's good to kind of um think about um the reasons why you want to you know why you're eating um, sometimes we do get bored, you know, doing the work we do at our desks. Um, and I think that's, that's, that can definitely be solved in other ways. And I think it, one of the things would be to go outside, um, get a, get some, get a break, like go for a walk. Um, sometimes it's also, I think during the, like during, because we're in quarantine now, it's sort of about breaking up my day with other tasks. Like maybe if, if, if I'm bored, I'll just go do the laundry, hang the clothes, that sort of thing, or, or, you know, um, mop the floor, something like that. So I think it's good to break it up, but food doesn't necessarily have to be that break, you know, break, um, doesn't have to be that thing that breaks it. You can break, there's other ways to break up your day and, and the work that you're doing. So that's one. Um, no, you, those, those, those are good already, especially being <laughs> quarantine related. I'm like, <laughs> Uh, I don't want to take all your uh, tips. You know, you, you still got a, your page and your future business to worry about. So I don't want to be like, hey, come over here. She gave it all the way over here. No, that's, that's <laughs> definitely okay. Because, um, you know, like before I was speaking of what you said before, I was kind of insecure about sharing um, a lot of good information on social media. Like um, I didn't say as much in my posts and I just thought, oh, you know, if I, if I tell everything to people, um, no one's going to want to actually, you know, want to come to talk to me. Um, but over time, I realized, like, that's not the case because, you know, um, there's so much, you know, to, I guess, you know, things to kind of habits to pick up, right? And even if you hear all of it, you're not necessarily going to be implementing all of it. So I think hearing the good tips, it always kind of inspires people. Um, and then they might be like, okay, um, maybe I will kind of go, you know, go see this person or, you know, follow their page, message them about something. So I think it's sort of, it can definitely set up that interaction. So it, um, it doesn't have to be that they they kind of be like, okay, I've gotten enough information don't want anything to do with you so i think it's usually it's positive to share uh, share more on social in the social media space because before i used to be like oh i don't i sh maybe i shouldn't be giving and everything away that's that's a great thought process and i'm glad it's working out for you but i mean if you want to give any more feel free because i'm sure the listeners will enjoy that i'm like writing this down mentally i'm like okay okay you know because i i don't i'm not working from home but this is my work and obviously you know i can't be eating chips while we're doing this but while i'm editing I might go grab, like I said, I try to eat fruit lately. I've been doing great with the fruits and veggies, but you know, there's also Oreos and Chips Ahoy back there. So some days it's Oreos, some days it's Chips Ahoy. And like you said, while you were saying that, I was honestly thinking like, sometimes I'll eat like a whole roll of Chips Ahoy. I think it's six of them and I'll be like, oh damn, I already ate them. And without realizing, like I didn't even get the satisfaction of enjoying the Chips Ahoy, if that makes sense. I'm just going through the motion. Like I'm hungry, I gotta eat something. 
it's late, so I'll just snack and without realizing that I'm actually eating them, if that makes sense. So that's all like, maybe it's take a break from this and then eat my fruit or eat my whatever it may be, leftovers, and then come back and work on it and actually enjoy the meal as opposed to just kind of blindly, like blind tastingly take it. Yeah, I love what you've said there. That that was probably the probably the last thing I would have said, which was around like mindful eating. Um, and I think that's the, that's the main reason that when you when you're eating, you don't want to be distracted by your phone. You don't want to be distracted um, by by the work that you're doing because then you can't really actually taste, as you said, enjoy truly enjoy um, enjoy the food that you're having. So I think it's it's always better to kind of. Um, take a step back from work or from your phone and then enjoy that meal. Um, and then, you know, go, go on with your day. But I have to say for me as well, there are definitely occasions um, when I've got sort of, you know, meetings back to back and, and then I'm just like, Oh, when do I eat lunch? And it's just kind of eat, uh, got no choice, but to kind of have it at my desk. So there are some occasions like, um, but I think I do try and kind of make it as uh, minimum as possible. Uh, that's, I mean, to, out here, I I have lunch a lot by myself for dinner just because I, I work an hour and a half from home. And so it's a long commute. And most of the time I get off late, my friends are doing their own thing. So one thing I started doing is like just not being on my phone, just enjoying my meal. And I look around and everybody's on their phone, like scrolling, be it Instagram, be it Twitter, be it, who knows, New York Times article maybe, but they're just on their phone. And I was like, I like to eat my food like, um, yeah, I might take a picture to post later type of thing, but I'm not, or to share it, you know, on the stories, but I'm not there on my phone. And so to me, that's kind of a, I would say, at least for me, like I can separate it, but I know most of the people that I see at a restaurant or whatever, at a takeout spot, everybody's on their phone. And I, I feel like, I don't know where I was going with that, to be honest, but just like how people can't separate the two things you know like for even for a meal like they are on their phone sometimes their tablet or a computer or i mean laptop but how does that is that an issue or is that just kind of the times we live in yeah i think that's i i kind of see that as an issue but i think that's 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 kind of our the problem we have with our generation and i think i'm certainly guilty of doing it too like you know my people who are older than me like my parents they'll always be like oh you're spending so much time on your phone put that thing down so i think it's definitely kind of our kind of i guess we've developed this habit in our kind of generation um it's it's really hard what you said at you know at restaurants um um when people are kind of you see on their phones and um they often don't realize because social media and posting on things like snapchat instagram facebook this is it's such a big part of what we do you know um you know you'll see at restaurants um like when the minute the, the waiter brings in the food or your phone automatically comes out and you just kind of there to take a picture um and that's that's kind of i've noticed this with a lot of people at restaurants because i've just you know been curious and i'm just like okay everyone does that it's not just me um and i think for me i end up doing it as well because you know i do kind of post pictures of what i like to eat as part of uh, you know kind of content for my stories um so i end up doing that as well but i've told myself you know like take the picture and then just post it or just like say it's have it safe and post it later and then put your phone away and actually eat your meal that, that's what worked for me because 
I, like, I'll just take a picture. I'm the same way because I used to bartend in my youth. And I would see so many people do it. That I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not gonna, then I left bartending, I guess, because I wouldn't sing it. Every single person that brought, every single person, they, they get a plate in front of them, be it young, be it old, they would get their camera to I was like, I'm not going to do that. And years later, I ended up doing the same thing. And I was like, dude, I do not. So now what I'll do is the same thing. I'll take a picture. I'll eat my meal with my daughter. And then when, sometimes I'll post it like at 10 p.m. once I'm already home. Like, people don't know you're eating it that right now or two hours ago. You know, there's no timestamp on it. So I just post it because it was like, especially I, I think Instagram, though, for or social media brought out the aesthetics in food. Like, people played it so because they, they know that that plate might be shared on social media. So you want to make sure it looks worth sharing, worth, where people ask, where did you get that from? Where are you, where are you eating? So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing because a lot of times now I'll go eat somewhere and I'll be like, damn, dude, like for tacos, they're plated so beautifully, like so elegantly and you're paying five bucks, but yet they look presentable. They look appealing. Whereas before they would just kind of put tortilla, slap it with some meat and like vamanos. And now it's like people are really stepped up because I think part of the culture, they might yeah. be. Definitely. Like here, we've got a huge brunch culture. Um, so lots of cafes have like really sort of high quality photography and they've got like huge followings on Instagram because, you know, they just post really kind of nice aesthetically looking desserts or brunches, whatever. So people like know to go and order that thing that they saw on Instagram. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. Anything you want to touch on? Anything you have in mind that we haven't brought up? Um, not really. I mean, I think we've pretty much touched on a, a lot of things today, like social media, setting up healthy habits, and a bit about how to kind of survive the quarantine. Um, I think the other advice that I would probably say is that, um, uh, like, it's great to be following um, credible people on in, in social media um, or, like, whatever, you know, I guess it is social media. I was going to say Instagram, but any social media platform that you're on. But I think um, it's also important to remember that, you know, seeing following someone on social media is not the same as working with them if you were to sort of, you know, do like the consult that you would do. So I guess doing that one-on-one -on -one consultation. So I think a lot of the times people... Um, people might be expecting results, um, you know, just because they're following, following some inspiration pictures or recipes from, from a dietitian or, or uh, you know, someone reputable. Um, but it's, it's, I know they shouldn't be disappointed if they're not getting that results because you're not actually working with that person. And when you, when you work one-on-one, -on -one, I think I, I say like, that's when the kind of real magic happens because otherwise, you know, you don't really know, um, how, how to help a, a person without getting the context of, you know, getting their, um, the context of their whole life. So um, that's why I think it's really important to kind of also invest if someone's kind of looking to kind of get results or I guess specific goals that they might have, you know, losing a certain amount of pounds or um, getting, getting on, getting, I guess, fit for a certain event. Uh, it's good to kind of invest that, um, invest that money um, and because it is part of self-care ultimately. I, I, that's how I see it. So I think it's important to kind of do that. Um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of one way if anyone wants to see serious results. But of course, if you're just looking kind of casually to kind of help, you know, 
um, help you, I guess, improve your habits and, you know, just following someone can do the job. Cool. Thank you. You know, give yourself a plug. Um, I'll do it for you. Uh, <laughs> Annika Roof. Is it cool if I say your Instagram? Yeah, sure. Okay. Follow her at uh, shenanigans of a dietitian, the way it sounds, the way it's spelled, everything's spelled properly, no underscores, nothing like that. Shenanigans of a dietitian. Annika, this is not a self-help podcast, uh, but some words of wisdom for the audience could be related to your field, something in your life, anything you want. I am all about quotes, but I'm just trying to think. Like, I actually love quotes so much, the fact that I have a quote book. Oh, beautiful, um, me too. Yeah, like, I love collecting quotes and just, you know, sometimes I just like to look at them during the day. So I'm just, I don't know, trying to think of. I think the one that I'll go with today is be kind to yourself. It's, it's a simple one, but I think um, a lot of the times, you know, especially as we were talking about not getting results, being frustrated, it's, it's important to be kind to yourself um, and, you know, just tell yourself that you are trying. And of course, you know, there's, you can, there's ways that you can change. You know, if, if you're just following someone on Instagram, that's not working. Maybe you could invest in doing consults with someone. If you're doing consults and that person is not helping you in the way that you'd expect, you can always switch and go to a different person. So, so there's different, I guess there's ways to kind of change. Um, so if they don't, like a person shouldn't, I guess, put the blame on themselves and be like, I'm not doing it right. Um, so it's, I guess, better to kind of change the mindset and be like, you know, what could I do better rather than being like, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm doing terrible or yeah. So yeah. And I think being kind to yourself is probably really important during quarantine because, you know, we've all kind of, I guess, lost a lot of our the goals that we had whether for this year whether it was financial uh body like image body related kind of uh anything any goals that we had has it's been a huge setback for everyone so i think that's that's a big one that's what i've been telling myself lately <laughs> that was beautiful you did great this was cool glad you came on her name is annika roof find her at on instagram at the sh shenanigans of a dietitian thank you for joining me Thank you for listening. Remember, if no one loves you, Hector loves you. Bye, Hector. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on.